Do I sound like Cher? Yes. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah. I've always had a raspy voice, but when I get sick, it's... Do you kind of like this, though? Oh, this I, I live for it. Oh. Like, I... Like, record your voicemail right now because you like your voice. Yeah. Like I, I knew was, people who did that. Yeah, when I was younger and I would get sick, I guess I've always had a raspy voice, but when I got sick, it was even more raspy. Yeah, like you obviously. smoked a pack a day. Yeah, and I would love it. Oh, even and, right now it's getting raspier. Yeah, because it, and, but that's the thing, maybe it was like somewhere around college time, I, I think it's like after I got strep that one time, it just kind of like stayed a little more raspy and never really went back to its normal, I don't know. Anyways, I have a raspy voice, always have, and it's more raspy right now, so. I like it. Thank you. I think it fits my personality. Someone, to, I told you, someone <clears throat> told me I sound like Julia Fox and now I'm like, Uncut scarred. gems. Uncut gems. So this is my Julia Fox with, I'm allergic to everything. Well, if it makes you feel better, I've been told by multiple people at church that I sound like I'm from California. So I don't And you're like, you don't mean that as a compliment. Yeah, exactly. And like, oh, people are like, where are you from? And I'm like, well, obviously, you know, it's not from here because you asked. And then when I say California, I could tell. I don't know what that means. I don't know how you could tell, but you know what? No shame in my game. I'm L.A. girl. Anyways. I'm just going to drink my Theraflu. Mm-hmm. So, let's chat. Let's chat it up. What's on your mind today? What's in our full court, you know, full court press? Full court press, yeah. Baby. P-R-E-S-S. <laughs> <laughs> press. I think we should talk about football because we talked yeah. a lot about basketball. We both like football. Yes. I had a football family as well. Yes. Um, and we always were about that life. Yeah. Monday night football, Sunday football, Thursday night. Yes. We lived Super it. Super Bowl parties. Super Bowl, college football. But yeah. I think that, I don't know, just talking more, I guess, about with football and just sports in general, mm-hmm. like... Obviously, we like athletes, we like sports culture, but yeah. in America specifically, like Western society, we really glorify athletes to the point of yeah. like, they are celebrities. Like they <laughs> have so much power and authority and influence. And just like, what does, I guess, like life look like after that? Because I guess mm-hmm. with sports and a lot of my friends and people I grew up with, like that was their identity. And even like we yeah. had Malachi on last episode, he said... You've been playing soccer since they were four. Like, it's such a big part of your life. Or, like, people, when they get injured in college, like, a lot of my friends got into super, maybe, like, intense depressions because they were like, that was my life. That was everything that I did. So whether you're, like, getting injured in college or maybe you, like, I don't know, get cut when you're a professional athlete or something happens, something changes. Like, what do you do when, like, I don't know, it's not a part of your identity anymore. Like, how do you assimilate and, like, what does your Mm -hmm. life look like are you doing real estate I don't know like there's so many things and the transition seems intense I know I completely agree and I think this kind of goes into also what we talked about last episode as far as that like transition between um if you're drafted straight out of high school yeah like what does it look like you're 18 bro your frontal lobe is not developed right and 
you know, for men. Yeah, I mean, I developed when I was like, you know, nine. Fully developed frontal lobe. We are who we are. Correct. Sixteen. But I think, yeah, there needs to be more development, and that comes with, like, different procedures within the league, and, you know, that comes with NBA, NFL, NHL, you know, NBL, like, all... All of these yeah. leagues, I know I had to throw baseball in there. Yeah, but I know. all of them kind of looking at the player as um, a whole person and not just a part of the team and or like a way what to they make, make money. Yeah, yeah, what they make for the franchise as a whole. But like, how are we caring for these players when they enter the league while they're part of the league and then life post, you know, yeah. you know post athlete life um, or post, you know, game life? And I, I remember when I was in school. And I was thinking that I was going to be an agent. That was like something that was really big to me, wanting hmm. to, if I was going to be an agent and kind of looking at that whole trajectory of the career, how yeah. would I care for an athlete that I was representing in the long term? Yeah. So it's what does that idea. mean? Like in the beginning, finances, you know, assets, different things like that. In the midst of their career, what does that mean as far as securing assets, putting money away, not spending it all in this like high having a real life. game plan for them exactly. that goes beyond five years right and then what is a side hustle i think so often too mm. we think of a side hustle as like you have to have a side hustle when your main hustle is not enough of an income but you but can like, still do why not have why all not the have multiple streams yeah. of income when you yeah. make a lot of money or when you make no money like it, you know what i'm saying so yeah i think that that's the mistake that happens a lot of times with True. these athletes, especially when they're coming out of a draft season yeah. really, really young. And yeah. if they don't have the right players in position around them, For sure. they are getting a lot of money fast. They're getting a lot of fame fast. They're getting yes more than no. And you're at this all-time high yeah. in your life. And so it's like anything, if you're so high up, the come down is going to be so dramatic. And I think that's why we see such a depression in athletes that go from the peak of their career to when post-retirement, if there's not businesses, investments, or anything like that, it's almost like they're a kid that's been so overstimulated that then they're kind of taken into this, like, season of rest and they don't even know what to do with themselves. Yeah. Um, Turned I also realized I'm talking to all of Brooklyn half of the podcast. I'm not ripping straight. I'm literally talking to the side. Maybe turn your body. Yeah. Come back. It's about to be our girl time. Okay, we're good now. Okay. But yeah, I think um, these these athletes go from, like I said, the peak of their career to just kind of like this normal life. Yeah. And... What Naturally, do you do? Yeah, what do you do? Yeah. It is interesting, too. And then when we were speaking about football in general, when you think about, like, yeah, the head injuries, um, so you're, like, adding that into not just, like, physical wear and tear on the body, but even mentally and mm-hmm. what that does. And, like, I don't know, I'm doing CT scans of people who played in the NFL, and you see, yeah. like, on their brain. And I don't know. I think I, it just seems really difficult. And I feel like the people that you see yeah. – stay successful and not just like financially but like in yeah. their life and what they're doing whether they're common like I love Shannon Sharp he used to play for the Broncos yeah he's super funny he does a bunch of commentating and you can see like he's busy he's active mm-hmm. like he is super funny and like yeah. I feel like I just want to like chop it up with him but I'm like he's out there he's doing stuff he's 
making deals mm -hmm. and I just think that like that has to be hard when you're like worshipped and you're known as something and then to be like well now who am I yeah and yeah. like you still have value no matter Absolutely. what um obviously that could be really like I'm just honestly trying to put myself in the shoe and like to have that level of success and mm -hmm. then be like okay who am I now like what do I want to do yeah. and I think it's really like inspiring when people like have legacies and they have foundation sorry they're leaving leaving they are leaving a legacy because maybe they have a foundation maybe they're doing something they're for the community they're opening up a school but they're doing something that's bigger than them and maybe football basketball whatever mm -hmm. it was was the avenue in which they could gain awareness and like yeah. give back and i'm like that is something that like is just equally as important as you yeah. have four Super Bowl rings. Absolutely. And I think that too goes down to like, once again, like who's on your, who's on your team yeah. outside of your actual team that you play on, you know, like what's who's that manager, manager? looking yeah. at? What's that agent looking at? Like, what are Cause those long, are the people you're like, that's who's really your making players. your decisions. Yeah, I feel absolutely. Like. Those are the people that kind of set you up for success. Like, yeah. do you have not only just good contract deals, but like, what are your endorsements? Like, yeah. are, you know, are these deals that are you know going into like long-term assets for you like Good you know point. what i mean are is this long-term wealth um and not just something that is you know contingent on you playing on whatever team that's blah, a blah, great blah. point like, are you a brand outside of the team all these different types of things which now i think you can be and now you media. really can be yeah and you can do it almost on your own but a good manager and a good agent really knows how to spin that to your benefit but I think creating legacies, like you said, for these athletes, something outside of the game so that the athlete themselves also sees their value in another place yeah. really creates longevity. And I think it makes that transition better. Like Michael Phelps is a great example of yeah. how he was at the peak of his career. Yes. And when he retired, he hit like a major depression. Yeah. And he's been super open and candid about Which that. Which I love And that. I think it's so interesting too because – like a lot of people don't know that a lot of sports teams have their own psychologists. Yes. Like it's you could super be a sports, sports psychologist. psychologist. I always tell my mom that's what I think that's the field I prefer that she should go into. You know, please, we gotta have my a mom connection. Is a clinical psychologist. I would like her to veer into sports. Thank please, you. Please, for me. I don't know how it benefits me, but I just think it does. You yeah. know how cool would that be to be like my mom's in the locker room, like <laughs> in their head. You know, she's helping them. She's getting their minds right. <laughs> But, I, anyways. We want to be there, what? Yeah, I just, um, for me, for the podcast. For the podcast. For the podcast. Everything for the podcast. Dr. D. For the but podcast. they have people there, like, yes, you have yeah. physical therapists, you have trainers, mm -hmm. you have chiropractic, you have, taking care of your mental health is just it's as important. It's just as important. So, keeping all those things in alignment, like, allowing the players, you know, like I said, just to see themselves outside of it, but... Michael Phelps, like I said, has been super candid about seeking help for those different things afterwards and the depression that he did face mm. in that athlete to like normal life transition. Yeah. And I don't know, I just think that it's super um, important to see athletes for more than what they are. And I think mm. that sometimes too, those athletes don't get placed into like normal life until there's like a scandal. It's a good You point. know what I mean? Until it's like something bad retirement. happens. And it's like, why can't there just be a natural transition between yeah. like retirement and like, you know, just seeing them as a normal family guy, whatever. And like the generational, yeah. like continued legacy of the sports, like LeBron and his kids. He's not yeah. retired, obviously. But like, you know, we, we see this continuum in the family. Yeah. I think about this too. Like a lot of people, again, 
just that I grew up with who like maybe they were like I don't know they were d1 college recruits and they had mm-hmm. like something bad had happened in their family or yeah. maybe they didn't get the grade so they like went to the d2 school and then they made the practice squad for the and mm-hmm. I felt like it's such a long journey I have not done the journey but I've watched no close friends go through that where it's like in just to navigating disappointment where it's mm-hmm. like yeah maybe you did go to the d1 school but you were benched yeah maybe you were told that you were gonna be um, you know, being transferred to this team or that you weren't going to have to redshirt. I don't know. I just think like there's so much disappointment too that mm-hmm. you can have to like overcome and navigate. And like, how do you not let that a like keep on going and pers- like if it's your dream to be in the NFL and you're going to keep pursuing it. And then mm-hmm. at what time are you like, I'm going to transition. you say no? Yeah, yeah. Like another one of my really good friends, like he was trying to do that with baseball. And then finally he was like, you know what? I can't like doing the minor league ball hustle thing and not for it. Yeah. And it didn't turn out like in life, we all have to do deal with it. Not just athletes. Like, but Mm -hmm. when life doesn't go how you thought you would and yeah, how do you pivot and transition? And if you're an athlete, you're this high caliber, high capacity person and take that and put it into something else. Into something else. Yeah. I know you, it's like you watch all these sitcoms of like the the athletes that like later on go to like open businesses in like their small town or whatever. Yeah. But John like, Elway and the car dealerships. When I lived in Colorado as a little kid, always the car dealerships. Yeah, they're always talking about their glory days. And <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's a good point. Living on the field forever. Yeah, and it is such a mindset hmm. thing. Um, and so I do think, yeah, like there's there's nothing comparable to that type of life like yeah there what else can you do that gives you that same sort of high that same sort and of you're performing you're playing for people too like yes. you think about it like you are when you're making a touchdown in the dance that you do and interacting There's with the fans you get that you feed off the energy mm-hmm. of like going to an nfl game whatever you know they're so yeah. fun that excitement and be like you don't yeah how do you live your life when you're not like living it for thousands of people yeah. Um, or two, like, if you mess up, then the team hates you. The fans hate you. Like, if you no, drop, if you have a freaking fumble in the Super Bowl, like, yo, oh, fans are ruthless. It's they will over. drag you, bro. Yeah. That has to be hard, too. Yeah. Like, you have to have thick People skin. People remember everything. Yeah. Like, I'll always remember that Odell had really fancy cleats in the Super Bowl and that he and died one touchdown and then Thank he was you. out. Thank and you. he was sobbing like a baby for a Super Bowl right? I know. My mom did not like that. That he was crying? Yeah. Or that he was out? Or the cleats? All of it. Or all the above? All the above. All She's the above. like, you have so much talent. What are you doing? Yeah. I'm. The man is so talented. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, we'll go back to the Super Bowl another day. That was an epic Super Bowl halftime show, too. I would just like to pop that in there. Beyond. And it was, yeah. It was so good. But, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think that there's, like I said, nothing really quite like that athlete high. And I don't I think that sometimes they'll always be chasing that. But then what happens, too, I think it, then it's generational. Their kids become athletes. They try to yeah. push that on their kids. Some do. Some become it. Some don't. Yeah, like Man- the Manning brothers. Like, you know. It's a family thing. It's a lifestyle. But they have another brother who never, <clears throat> I'm blanking on his name. I don't know his name either. Um, Archie is the dad, I think, but like the brother was supposed to be better than Peyton and Eli and then never, never actually, played. yeah, like never fully took, like, I don't know. It's just, gosh, sports really does relate to life. Okay. Yeah, it does. Overcoming disappointment. 
disappointment. And it's a Who mind are game. you? It's like, yeah. Are you playing for people? Are you playing for yourself? Like, like you, you mean, for the, do you love the game? Do you love the hype? Do you exactly. Love, but it's like life. How, yeah. How you? Who are you? Who are you playing for? Exactly. Yeah. What team are you on? Who are you Should when your, your own, jerseys are tired? Yes. Who are you when you hang the cleats up? Yeah. And the buzzer stops. <laughs> but I'm serious. No. Who? When the it's clock like runs when, out. Run the clock. It's like when people move to New York too, because like let's say you move from somewhere where you're like a big fish. Yeah, and yeah. you were like, I'm super hot, I'm super creative, and no one drinks yeah, oat milk, but yeah. I drink oat milk. I'm the only vegan in my county. And then you move here, and everyone makes their own oat milk. Exactly. Yeah. People it's grow nice. their own mantra, but like, yeah. what do you do when your identity isn't what Is you it, thought it yeah. was, and you're surrounded by people? Do you have any like? Do, have you had any moments like that in your life where you feel like your identity was so attached to something? And yeah. Then, yeah. Um. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I think I really. <laughs> it's like funny to say out loud, but I really cared about like being liked like specifically by guys like I mm-hmm. cared about who liked me and like if this guy was super hot then that must mean that like it sounds you're... funny to talk no, about but I think when you're younger like that's yes. the way like your brain works yeah. Like, yeah yeah younger last week no but literally when I was like high school 18 19 I yeah. really cared about like who liked me and who want like it made me feel good about myself because I was like oh I'm like my body like honestly it was all these like external things I felt mm-hmm. validated being in like externally wanted and like yeah. it's just not like that is a very you know sad way to live but also it's a really like up and down way to yeah. live. like if you're living for the praises of man man you know men are mm-hmm. women like it will never be enough yeah. you know and it's not actually what I wanted like what I actually wanted was probably like a really good guy <clears throat> but like in my mind I felt like my identity was and like who liked me or who it's honestly too I was hooking up with like I just Mm -hmm. was my life was about yeah yeah it's easy to attach ourselves to like temporary things exactly and like things are always changing of something like yes I feel like a lot of sometimes my identity and not it's not related to sports or anything but like um I used to feel that way with like dance like I felt like I was that's what I grew up doing I loved it so much Mm -hmm. and then like if I didn't do it I felt like it was a part of me that like I lost mm. and it's still something that like I always strive and want to do more of because I love it but not really like a negative identity that was more like a positive idea yeah something that you truly loved yeah but like and my business is one that it's a positive but could be negative like I know when I made the decision that I was like time to close the doors of my store like that felt instead of like looking at it as like a smart business decision and being like I, Deanna, and fourth period is not attached to just this one place. Yeah. It felt like an identity attack. And it mm. kind of was like, I felt like that was like my Heisman at some point. It was very know? emotional. It was emotional. It was like, I've hit this mecca in like owning a business. I've opened a store in New York. This is like so big. If you could make it here, blah, blah, blah. You can make it anywhere. You can make it anywhere. And then that's all great. And But I could not, when I made the business decision to close the doors and move on to something else, it's almost like I felt like it was an attack on my identity. You felt disappointed like you had failed. Yeah. And then as now, as like months have passed and new opportunities have like come about, I'm like, that wasn't an attack on my business or me or anything, but like I had attached my identity to it and that's where the problem came. And so I think that's kind of what 
can maybe happen with athletes or anybody of that high level of success when your identity is attached to an accomplishment yep. rather than just or your job or what you make yeah exactly anything. and I think anybody can kind of relate to that but like yeah like using your success to cement something greater mm-hmm. is then what is a better identity attachment so like I think athletes that then use their fame to create foundations legacies or whatever that's identity yeah. that's culture that's because it's bigger that's, than yourself and, and then when the game is over that's yeah. still there yeah and I think kind of like what you were saying like more long-lasting relationships that's what's yeah that's what's cemented and for me like using my business as a catalyst for change that's what's cemented not yeah. one store one building that's great one it's bigger than four walls yeah obviously this episode I feel like we kind of combined with everything like our yeah. full court press also goes in with like our playbook and our culture moment too yeah. because we're just like you know one for all all for one but yeah I think like we were saying like honestly today's playbook is really just solidify your identity in something outside of yourself you're more than your job you're more than what your you sport do. you yeah. know yeah be a Steph Curry yeah like who you are is not contingent upon what you can produce, mm-hmm. whether you have a good game, whether you have a bad game, whether someone tweets something negatively about you, like whatever, like we said, like these things that are ever changing and like the pandemic, whatever it has shown, like nothing is forever. Things that maybe you thought mm-hmm. didn't happen, happen, but who you are is so much more valuable and it doesn't have to be tied um, to these man-made things and like just finding that out and standing on that when maybe you do get like a bad review at your job or maybe something doesn't go as planned like you can still keep on keeping on yeah and you know like we said you're more than what you produce yeah there is you can be a multifaceted creative person entrepreneur athlete whatever it is so pursue it all create identity in multiple things and thanks for tuning in to run the clock and if you or an athlete or anyone going yeah. through a transition in life yeah. and suffer with depression or anything, we'll drop a couple links below yeah. uh, for places to seek help because therapy is great for everyone. Big into therapy. Athletes and non-athletes Correct. alike. Yeah. Wanda, my therapist, I love you. Dania, my mom, a therapist, I love you. <laughs> Have a great night. Thanks for watching Run the Clock. I'm Deanna. And I'm Camille. <laughs> <laughs>